On today's out of schedule player pool, we're cutting right to the chase. I'm going to try a new format where I read down position by position my player pool, giving why I think these players deserve to make my pool, talking about their games in context. And we're going to lead off the show talking about what we need to know at the end of the football season is the business of football, what these teams are trying to get down to business on in week 17 before the final week of the season and all the adjustments made before the playoffs. A lot to take in on this episode. Let's dive in. Let's go. It's the Player Pool Podcast with your host, Austin Raboy. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Player Pool Podcast. Out of schedule episode winding down the end of the DFS year. We are left with very, very few weeks of DFS left. That makes sense to play. After a certain point, especially after the divisional round, if you're not playing the entire divisional round, there's really no more DFS left to be played. You're really forcing it after this point. I think you're forcing it after the wild card round, quite frankly. But here we are. We got a few weeks left, and and I thank you all for hanging in there with me. I kind of gave you a heads up that we would be out of schedule this week. And probably to finish off the rest of the year, we'll try to get a pod drop sometime between Thursday and and Saturday, early Saturday going forward throughout the rest of the season. But we're just going to try a couple different things. And and I actually really like this slate this week. So we're going to get right into it because the theme, the sun, the sun, you know, we did a lot of Sunday situations throughout the year, but there's always a theme too that comes with DFS. And the theme this week is, to me, understanding what these teams want to do, you got to understand the business of football because a lot of business is going to be taken care of this week when most people think that those things are being chased next week in the last week of the season but business is going to be handled on this week in an individual level and i'm going to get to why namely it's going to be for two reasons one contending teams trying to finish up their business so that they can get a rest in for their players next week that's going to play a huge role in week 17. it's always the focus on week 18 that this is happening where they're focusing on resting their guys but These coaches know they got to get it done in week 17. Full blast. Both barrels. Unleash everything in week 17 to take a big, deep breath on week 18. I'm thinking about the Eagles, the 49ers, teams like that. The other situation we have here, though, is on those same teams, those big contending teams, this could be those individual players' last chance to get all their incentive-based contracts to post certain levels of seasons. A lot of compensation to these players, quarterback, receiver, running back, tight end even, is production-based. So this will be the week if those contending players on contending teams know, coaches absolutely sitting me when we steamroll this team in Week 17 next week, they know this is their last chance to really gobble it up because if it does turn into a rest game in week 18 for the teams like the 49ers and the Eagles, I'm thinking of A.J. Brown a lot this week, they're only going to be able to go out there for maybe a first series to get that last you know, one-two Tom Brady to Gronk, you know, extra million-dollar bonus kicks in kind of a catch. So the Sharps know to really focus on these situations this week. But the other side of this, so you know, we have this with the, you know, we got to get our business done teams. On a football level, not thinking about money, a lot of teams have division titles to win this week and next week. So we are going to get a lot more healthy game environments than we normally would in week 17. So I think that makes it a pretty fruitful, pretty fruitful 
uh, week, week for good for good game scripts and things like that. I mean, and you need good game scripts. You see what happens in DFS when we have just complete stinker games that fall, especially below 40 points total scored. So we need healthy game environments. We need high point score total so that these averages of these teams, you know, show themselves. Sometimes the average needs, you know, two or three chances to show itself. In football, these scoring drives, those are our, our chances for the average to show itself. The more successful scoring drives we have, the more that team operates as predicted, the higher likelihood these players you're picking out of these teams actually perform to their expectations. So let's get in. I have something a little different I wanted to try. Like I said, we're experimenting here towards the end of our first year at the player pool. I want to try actually reading my player pool position by position and kind of go through. And as each player I get to, I'll kind of address the game as well. So we're going to try this reading and I'm, I'm going to warn you, I may not be smooth because this is the first go of it, uh, but I want to give it a try. So this is going to kind of serve as the week 17 preview. Maybe it's a little snippet of here's what my player pool overall looks like. I'm still not going to be showing you guys how I build my stacks or, or make my game correlations. You know, that's the final step, I think, in building lineups. And, and that way, if I don't show you that, then you still just get to hear about my players only and, and still have, you know, have that, uh, have that mental wall where you need to build your own lineups, right? If you're following anybody player for player pick in DFS, you're a loser. You're losing every single time, every single week. you got to form these lineups yourselves, and that's what makes this all fun anyway. So, all right, well, let's get into it. I'm going to start with my quarterbacks and work my way down. So, five quarterbacks this week for me, and I'm in love with three of them. So the first one I'm in love with, and he's been probably my main squeeze at quarterback all season. It's obvious. It's Justin Fields. And he's priced at 8200 I Quite frankly, when I first clicked on the website, I was set to DraftKings, so I saw 7300 Then I was like, oh, shit, I got to go to FanDuel. And as I clicked that FanDuel button, I was expecting to see Justin Fields at like 9K, facing the Falcons at the end of the season, just playing a trash form of football, very stats-driven football at this point of the season for Justin Fields. So I kind of figured, uh, he's just going to be in lone wolf pricing mode, 9K and above. But to see him at 8,200, I freaking love that. Now, back to what I was saying earlier, there's some business that's going to be happening. So while the Atlanta Falcons are trying to get over, you know, the Arthur Smith plague and accidentally win their division, Justin Fields is going to be the hottest trade talk person, commodity, what have you, this offseason. And one of the most likely teams to actually make a strong trade push for Justin Fields is the Atlanta Falcons. So if I'm the Chicago Bears, I'm calling every pro Justin Fields play I can play or, or call, and I am if I'm Justin Fields, I am showing out for the possibly new main squeeze in my life, in my football career, make this a positive jump, a big FU jump to the franchise that's growing sour on you. I think Justin Fields is going to play sloppy, trashy, high stat football, run that ball 12 plus times. I don't even want to know what his rushing attempts over under is, but if it's being offered out there, bet the over. I, I just think it's going to be like that. So first quarterback and probably my favorite of the week, Justin Fields. That's easy. Second quarterback I had, and these aren't ranked in any way. This is just as I got to them. But I actually have Matt Stafford. The, the Los Angeles Rams, remember at the very beginning of the season, the preseason, can we like really take our brains back there? What was being said? What was the big extra, extra read all about it on the Rams for the season? It was going to be, eh, they kind of 
bought that Super Bowl, and now we're in the pay the payback years for that. It's going to be rough. Rams are going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Oh, man, Sean McVay should have made the jump, taken Amazon's money, and should have just left this team at, at, the, at its peak. Now he's going to be in a rebuild. Aaron Donald, hmm. You know, all that stuff about the Rams. Well, guess what? They tinkered, and they figured it out, and they got lucky with a, a pretty talented wide receiver, fifth-round draft pick in Puka Nakua. But this freaking team is playing hot. This team reminds me of the 2011 Pittsburgh Steelers that just kept rattling off wins and coming more and more together, vibing more and more together, heading right into the playoffs. So the Rams are a contending, legit team, loaded on offense, Hall of Fame quarterback, throwing to Kyron Williams, the second coming of prime Austin Eckler, and Kuppa Nakua. Oh, my God. Tyler Hibby even at tight end. This is a legit playoff team and a sneaky dark horse for a surprise playoff. I'm sorry, Super Bowl appearance. But they're going to New York Giants. They got to win every game they're playing. This team's going to be on full freaking blast. Now, again, here we go again. West Coast team going to the East Coast. Early start. What can you do? But I like the Rams a lot. And for that reason, of course, I'm going to go with Matt Stafford, who does not fit the, the normal build of quarterback that I usually pursue, right? I'm, I always talk about that Kirk Cousins line. Well, in the absence of Kirk, Matt Stafford is the interim quarterback at that level. And I just, if I, and you know, if I'm picking Stafford here, you know, a little sneak preview to my other player position picks, that means I'm pretty loaded up with his other guys as well. Because when you play a quarterback like Matt Stafford, who can only run backwards, right? You're not going to get any extra stats or freebies or anything like that. Uh, they're not running the Philly special with Matt Stafford. So if I'm playing Matt Stafford, you know I'm playing at least two of his own guys and definitely a runback option as well. So keep that in mind. But I love Matt Stafford there. Uh, next one here, Josh Allen, 8,800. This is mainly just a respect, kind of a nod to the stat king at quarterback. It's not – who knows what kind of matchup it is, but at the same time the Bills absolutely have to win. They're even projected for the slate high uh, point total at 27.25 points. Uh, it's just – you just pick them, plug them in, play them. And also sneak peek, his wide receiver one's at an extreme discount. So that's just an easy plug and play. Probably not a lot in this game, though, that you're actually running back on him. So uh, the next quarterback here, kind of like Josh Allen, just another respect nod to Jalen Hurts, who, I'm sorry, does hold the highest point projected total on the slate, 29.75. Uh, but Jalen Hurts gets the Cardinals at home. Back to what I was saying, they're going to handle business and thump the Cardinals this week so that they can all chill out next week and maybe just play half a game next week. So I fully expect a lot of business to get taken care of. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, there's going to be 12 targets between them, so I'm definitely riding that stack in some way. Uh, but I'm all over the Eagles heading into Week 17 to thump the Cardinals at home. My last quarterback that made it, so I have four done so far. My fifth one is the return of the kid, the gunslinger, C.J. Stroud, coming back finally. Where you been? We missed you. I think just by default he's the, a top five quarterback in the league now just with all the injuries. Uh, well, maybe after Joe Flacco. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, just kidding. But C.J. Stroud, great quarterback. We're going to watch him play for a dozen years plus. It's going to be fun. And he's coming back. He's not really coming back at a discount, 7,800. Uh, but he instantly makes his two – uh, wide receivers, super usable, right? Collins and Brown are going to be super helpful, and we'll get to them in a second. But I, I really like C.J. Stroud. We have an improved Titans passing defense coming to a dome to play the Texans, but it's still a passing defense that gets shredded. So C.J. Stroud and 300 yards looks 
like a match made in heaven this week. Okay, going to running backs, and we'll try to move a little faster here. We got Bijan Robinson, number one. So this is kind of weird. We're going to jump back into games I'm already commented on, but I just wanted to see how this goes just by position by position. So first quarterback I wrote down, Bijan Robinson. You know what kind of medicine you got to take if you're playing Bijan, but all the logic makes sense. I, I lost it on somebody like a week or two ago. Maybe, maybe it was you, Dad. I don't remember. But I was just saying all the logic makes sense of how I analyze and decide who to play fantasy football with. Decent amount of touches, you know, skill set, ability as a football player, matchup, game script. It all equals Bijan Robinson. So he'll go through spurts where he doesn't touch the ball every third game, and then he'll have weeks, you know, like he had last week with 22 touches. So what can you do? You play Bijan Robinson and you, you get a voodoo doll and address Arthur Smith with it. I don't I don't know what else to do there. Interestingly uh, enough, I did not find this next running back super popular when I did some research, but Kyron Williams, the next running back I have here, I, again, have we not been watching? FanDuel knows how valuable he is. He's probably one of the highest-priced running backs on the slate at 9,400, just below Christian McCaffrey. But this guy, as soon as he got back from injury, has just – I mean, he's just been a beast. Uh, it, last week, 22 rush attempts, grinding it out only on 4.7 yards per carry, but the guy is crushing. So I love Kyron Williams, and I love the team he's playing this week. The New York Giants, what are they playing for? So Kyron Williams, stud, could be league winner Kyron Williams for me this week going into my Dynasty Championship game, so fingers crossed. All right, get back to it. The chalk of the week, third running back on my list, Zamir White. This is more of just how do you address a RB1 that's priced super low. Now, usually you like to see him priced below 6K, but if he's going to be the main dude and at 6,100, it's going to be one of the easiest places to find value on the slate, especially because we have a enormous price to pay for the future MVP of this football season in a little bit to talk about. So you're going to want to combine Zamir White and Christian McCaffrey probably together in the lineup this week. So I like Zamir White a lot, 6,100, and just pray to God he can resemble a running game for the Raiders. Next one up, Jonathan Taylor on the other side of the ball, Zamir White, another running back, getting all the touches, and surprisingly to me, 8,400, pretty generous price. So I, what kind of life are the Raiders bringing at home at the Colts? Colts are in a division title race. They're going to be going full steam ahead. So I do like Jonathan Taylor. I've liked him all year. He hasn't popped for me yet, but I like him again. Price looks good to me. I have him marked down as a stud play. And a matchup plus borderline value, but not quite. All right, next one I have here, DeAndre Swift, 7,600 in price. I have him in a matchup plus. Always scared to play Swift because he can just get vultured by Jalen Hurts. So you're playing Swift, not with any of these Eagles players, definitely not in the same lineup as Hurts, but somewhere else, more of a hedge bet. If you find yourself heavy, maybe having two Jalen Hurts lineups, you want to have Swift somewhere else, somewhere else in case he actually crosses the goal line this season instead of Jalen Hurts with the tush push. So that's kind of how I view uh, that's how I view DeAndre Swift. Just get him to another lineup, hedge against any of your Jalen Hurts lineups. Next running back, and this one's not going to be very popular, but I really like Travis Etienne this week against Carolina Panthers. Travis Etienne, 8,600. I marked him down as a stud and a matchup plus. Really like it. What? Why else, if the Jags are trying to win this game and stay in their own division title race, why else wouldn't the Jags just default and give Travis Etienne 25 carries against a shit-ass Carolina Panthers run defense? So that one's a pretty easy one to me. This one is 
a hard lesson, speaking of easy one, this was the hardest lesson of the fantasy football season for me to swallow. But Rashad White, real deal as a running back in fantasy football this year, just had a really slow start. Luckily, he was able to burn me alive on that slow start, and that's probably why I have feelings still for Rashad White. But, no, he's he's been the dude. I mean, the last three weeks alone, we're just – you know, I just live off touches, but the guy – has over 100 touches in the last month of football. It's going to keep rolling here. The Bucks team is actually pretty easy to figure out in fantasy. It's just Rashad White and Mike Evans. Anyone else is just residual. And then you can play Kate Otten as a bargain bin option off to the side there. So I really like Rashad White. New Orleans Saints, they actually, they're a defense that show well on stats, but in reality have been getting gashed on the run for the last six weeks. So whatever broke in that defense has not been fixed. Rashad White should have wide open lanes against the Saints. Okay, it is time. I will have you know, I want you all to remember weeks ago, I did an entire segment on the MVP case for Christian McCaffrey, and I compared him against LaDainian Tomlinson and Sean Alexander, two former MVP winners at running back. And now I will tell you today, Christian McCaffrey has the second best betting odds to win MVP of the National Football League. So if he wins, I just want you to know where you heard heard it first here. So back to business. One thing that has not been talked about enough about the San Francisco 49ers, especially about their coach, Kyle Shanahan, is the fact that the McCaffrey family and the Shanahan family have a friendship between the two families that is three generations long, okay? Christian McCaffrey is not the first millionaire in his family. In fact, he still may not be the richest individual in his family today. The Shanahan's are in the same boat. And one thing that families of that caliber work together on beyond riches, beyond success, is legacy. And there is a, and I'm telling you this, I have no sources, but I'm just, I'm a betting man, as you know. I'm telling you there is a under-the-desk agreement that Kyle Shanahan will put Christian McCaffrey in the best position to be the MVP of the National Football League, possibly the last running back ever, the way we're going with it, with, this, with it basically being a quarterback award, the last running back ever to be MVP of the National Football League could very well be Christian McCaffrey, especially if Lamar Jackson falters in these last few games. So I like Christian McCaffrey, even at 11K this week. He's my favorite play. I'm going to find a good way to play him twice in my lineups, and he's against could it be an easier opponent this week? The Washington Commanders. Yes, Kyle Shanahan could just let Debo Samuel run amok all over this team, but I think the business, the understanding, the desire of what this team wants and what these families want is MVP for Christian McCaffrey plus the rest next week. Hell, let him get it this week and wrap it all up. He doesn't even have to play the extra game that former MVPs didn't get to play. Christian McCaffrey... Four touchdowns this week. I That's just what I feel. I'm, I'm a humongous believer. And, oh, yeah, that Dynasty Championship game I'm in this week, I also have Christian McCaffrey playing for me. So, of course, I want all this to happen. But there's my bias. But I will just say, what a smash spot for, again, to me, unless Lamar Jackson comes out and accounts for four touchdowns the last two games, it's Christian McCaffrey MVP. So, like him a lot, obviously. And for that reason, I love him so much, I don't love any of the other 49ers. A little sneak peek on that. All right, next running back we got, we're going to the Miami Dolphins. Raheem Mostert against the Baltimore Ravens. What? You like Raheem Mostert against this awesome Ravens defense? I do, despite the fact the Dolphins are projected underdogs in this game. And I'll tell you why I like Mostert. It's because they're going to have to use Mostert because they're definitely going to be with 
out Jalen Waddle, wide receiver two for them this week. So that makes covering Tyreek Hill just that much easier. And I think what Miami's going to do is kind of what they did to Bill Belichick's team early in the season when they came out expecting a big passing offense. They ended up running it down the throat with Moster. So I really like Moster for those reasons. Uh, but I, it is risky. I think it's the sneakiest play. At the same time, Raheem Mostert is RB2 in fantasy football this year. So know what you got under the hood. I think it's a sneaky GPP play. And at 7700 it's a pretty fair price. I don't think you're crazy either here if you like Devin A-Chain. It's just getting a little narrow on this Miami Dolphins team, and I respect the Ravens defense a little too much. So Devin A-Chain, definitely A-Chan. I, I can't say his name. A-Chan. We'll get there. But 6900 great value. Got to find a place for him as well. It's still the Miami Dolphins. They still got a lot under the hood. It's just they're playing a very scary defense and a scary opponent this week in Baltimore. All right, a couple more we're going to fly through. Derrick Henry, 8K. Kenneth Walker the third, 7K. These two together, it's purely they're the only guys that are going to get these touches. I will continue to hear about every single Tajay Spears touch, but even last week with – 14 total touches still did not outpace the King with 20. So like Derrick Henry, same thing down here for Kenneth Walker, the third in the Seahawks, the Zach Charbonnet experiment did not work this season. Maybe next year, Kenneth Walker, whether Pete Carroll likes it or not, is the guy you got to ride. And in the last three weeks alone, 51 touches kind of shows you that the other two running backs here. I have at the, at the end Pacheco, and Eckler, they're both like, eh, plays for me. Basically, I like Pacheco because he may be one of the few capable offensive players on the Chiefs, and God damn it, the, the offense has to go somewhere. So that's my idea for Pacheco. Austin Eckler in a trash football game that does not matter in a contract year, still getting 65% of the work under quarterback Easton Stick. I, I, it's just an easy play to lop up against, but I will get, go ahead and off the Eckler talk i will say the two best or fun defenses to play this week are the jags and the broncos i do expect the broncos to thump the chargers who are no longer in that just fired our head coach mood now it's time for the for the reality of the situation to hit this team so i could see the broncos just absolutely choking the chargers out this weekend all right let's move to the wide receivers here we're let's see we're about 20 minutes into the episode i hope this isn't running too long but we'll We'll try to move it a little faster through wide receivers. So flying back to the top of the slate again, back into this Falcons-Bears game. I'm going to say it, guys. I actually like Drake London this week. I do, mainly because I don't believe in the Bears' defense. But 6,100, he's there. So if, if that's a price that works for you, I have him marked down as a value matchup plus. I also have marked down DJ Moore, 7,500. That is a, that's a discount off his injury scare last week. But... If you're playing fields, why not play more at 75? That's kind of a gift. I think if you're playing two fields, one of them has DJ Moore, then maybe the other one has two Falcons running it back on fields and assume that fields rushes two in himself. That's an easy way to kind of layer this game if you're trying to do that. Next wide receivers here, we got Cup and Nakua. I mark them both down now as just stud wide receivers, high-end stud wide receivers, borderline approaching that slate breaker status. But with the emergence of Nakua, it definitely brought Cup down below a slate breaker for me. But I like both, and I love that game. All right, this is going to be controversial, I think, but Stefan Diggs at 7,600, buy the dip. Okay, buy the dip. Because if you're going to give up on Stefan Diggs at this point in the season with how desperate the Bills are for offense and wins to make the playoffs, then you need to go ahead and erect a tombstone and call him completely washed up. 
you need to take that stance now. Because if you can't take that stance, then he is the same football player, the system and offense aren't clinking, but he is capable still. Or he's not. If you're not playing stuff on Diggs at 7,600 this week, you need to officially tell yourself he's burnt out completely, might as well retire. I don't think he's reached that point yet. I still think he's in his prime. So 7,600 with a lot of bad occurrences and a lot of bad outcomes behind him, I'm buying this week. Another guy we could probably say the same about, although he's just on such a screwy team, but Devontae Adams, 7,200. I don't have him marked down as a stud or a value or nothing. I just have his name marked down there. And if it works, it works. That's mainly written down for if I'm stuck between, you know, uh, uh, like a Devontae Smith or, Devo- or Devontae Adams. You know, I'll just go with, with Adams and the talent and the height and the, the opportunities he gets more over Devontae. But that's the only reason he makes my pool. Next up, Josh Downs, my favorite value wide receiver of the year, but maybe I need to look back and see if has that actually worked out for me. But I still like Josh Downs this week. A.J. Brown, 8500 Big boy price and a big boy running back week with a lot of high prices at running back. But I'm going to find my freaking way to get A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, and CMC all in the same lineup. I really like that idea. Just a big, just the power, power stack in a way. But, um... Yeah, I think A.J. Brown's going to try to put the finishing touches on an excellent season and then take a, a nice, long, and well-deserved rest uh, heading into Week 18. Devontae Smith, kind of written down as a courtesy. That's, again, just if I'm already in the Eagles game trying to play players, I mark him down to see if he fits. Uh, next here we have Mike Evans, 8,700, slate breaker. Slate breaker wide receiver. Uh, so we play him to just get access to the Buccaneers. And the Saints at this point in the season, what are they playing for? Nothing. So we could see Mike Evans, especially if Marshawn Lattimore isn't playing for the Saints, really assort his authority over the Saints. And, you know, he's so touchdown dependent. But two touchdowns, 120 yards a week, it's kind of what we've come to expect from Mike Evans uh, in, a, in a truly great uh, season he's had. Next up, Tyreek Hill. The, other, the slate breakers are near each other. It's a little... A little sketchy with Tyreek Hill, dealing with an ankle injury. Now he's got, you know, kind of his counterbalance wide receiver, Jalen Waddle, not going to play this game. Uh, so he could very well get bracketed and shut down. So Tyreek Hill, I have him in a negative matchup and marked down as a slate breaker. What do you do with that? You either, you're biting your tongue either way. You're either biting it because you're playing him, you're biting it because you're not, and you're exposed to his potential you know, 30 bombs. So it's, it is whatever. This is the only player in their league that's like this. He's just so damn fast. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. But last week on this hurt ankle, he did play, did not look hobbled by it. If that gives you any hope, but it's going to, it's going to be hard in, in CMC's week with 11 K on CMC to get to Tyreek Hill at 9,800. I don't blame you if you don't get him there, but he definitely should make your player pool. All right. These two guys together. It's good to see the Texan, the Texans back, you know, with C.J. Stroud after two weeks of what the hell. Uh, but Nico Collins and Noah Brown, 73, 6,500. It's real easy to figure out how to get these guys in, right? So put that together. Uh, even if you don't end up pulling the trigger on Stroud because you're playing double, you know, fields and, and Jalen lineups, which I don't blame you. Or, uh, you know, find, find a way to sprinkle these guys in one and one, you know, in, in two lineups. That's what I would do. All right, uh, these last three are a little wacky, but I, I promise I have good reason. So DeAndre Hopkins, I just like the game environment. I like the fact that the Colts have to play this and win it, and it's Hopkins versus the Colts secondary, which has been pretty soft, especially over the middle, which is where Hopkins 
kind of likes to, to end up, you know, either there or in the flat. So I like Hopkins for that, but his price, it's one of those, like, he'd be the last guy to make a lineup. Same thing for this next one, George Pickens. I'm just going to maybe guess that maybe Mason Rudolph is scarily uh, upgrade over Kenny Pickett, maybe. And if Mason Rudolph plays it just slightly at a higher level, George Pickens is as truly good as we saw him be. Uh, so George Pickens at 68, but that's that's – might be the last receiver. If I had to rank all my receivers, he's definitely the last in my player pool. And the last wide receiver in my player pool, DK Metcalf, who I think is at the peak of his powers, and it's all going to be about the quality of quarterback that shows up to play with him this week. Geno Smith looks like Geno Smith in the first 14 years of his career, in my opinion. But Seahawks need a win. DK, full power. And the Steelers is a defense that has thrived off turnovers this year, but given up tons and tons of yards. So, We'll see, uh, but you know, I put his price down again, maybe just as a diversity play, or just as, you know, kind of oh, last little bit of money fits here. So he makes it, but uh, I don't see maybe how he'll fit it. All right, just a couple tight ends real quick. There's five, but I got Kyle Pitts, 5700. When Taylor Heineke's in there, Kyle Kyle Pitts gets more of a tight ends workload. Cole Komet at 6500. That's just if I get really crazy with a Justin Fields stack. Austin Hooper, 4,600, the lowest price tight end in my player pool. It wasn't so long ago, Austin Hooper was good for about four targets and a sneaky 30 yards and a touchdown. That's basically what you're hoping for in this situation. But filling in for Mike Mayer and the Raiders, who knows? Kate Ott and 5K, you put him in a lineup that doesn't have the other bucks in it. And then Fryermuth, the most talented tight end of all these that I've just listed here. Good Game environment, quarterbacks going to keep him involved. Only 5K, that's kind of a steal this week. It's coming off last week where he did not get a target. So, Fryermuth, probably the best tight end play for his price this week. Like him a lot. Okay, well, that's my entire player pool. I felt like that took longer than I anticipated. Let me know if you enjoyed this format of running through the player pool. Like I said, we wanted to try some things late in the season. Otherwise... Holler at me if you need any help making your lineups. It's been great hearing from you guys all over the holidays. In fact, I want to say thanks to everyone who sent me Merry Christmas messages on Christmas. That was super nice. So uh, appreciate everybody. Holler at me uh, at Twitter, at PlayerPoolPod. We'll be here with you through the rest of the football season. I will put a post out when to expect the next episode next week. But until then, enjoy the great football we have ahead of us. We actually, as DFS starts to become a little shaky at the end of the year, football itself just heats up and the games get really good. They're playing for things. We're playing for playoff position. We're playing for division titles. It's great. So a lot of great football ahead for us. Enjoy it. Enjoy your families. Happy New Year to everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Player Pool Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Player Pool Pods.